This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Alright, gents, welcome to Unqualified, a video game podcast. Yeah, it's terrifying, actually. <laughs> I thought you'd say that. Um, I am one of your podcasters, Cody Goff. And I am Jonathan Martin, your other podcaster. Yes, the one with more video game experience slash knowledge slash breadth, you could say. Yeah, I would say we were both unqualified to talk about video games at all. Sweet! Good! Then the name of the podcast is totally valid. Uh, so that's good. And we're going to start with a follow-up. A fo- our first follow-up. This is exciting. Yeah, um, I, you know, the, I, I'd say the games that I've, I've been playing have been kind of meaty, long experiences. So it's there's no way that I could get through one in a week. So, abs- I mean, it, uh, we'll talk about Deus Ex again, which, if listener, if you remember me talking last week, uh, which I'm sure you do, um, I had a lot to say about Deus Ex. I had just finished the first, uh, kind of the first city. I'm sure you remember, Cody. Yeah, how many cities are there-ish? Y- you know, there's, it's weird, there's like four four cities in the game. Okay. Uh, but you go like back and forth, like you start in Detroit and you end in Detroit. Oh, right <laughs> Like <laughs> like most good things in life, you end I, in Detroit. I forgot it was set in Detroit, much like most of the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. Right, and it, it looks exactly the same. God, they look similar. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's an incredible parallel. Um, so I had a lot of criticisms of the game uh, that last time that I that I that I talked about it, and I'm not gonna lie, the criticisms I think really hold up throughout the majority of the rest of the game. I, oh no. Yeah, I, t- I really, I've been like mulling it over in my head about how I really feel about this game, and there are things to like, and I think that that is the most frustrating thing about the game is that the things to like are are awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it the game had such potential for me. It had such potential to to blow my socks yeah. off, but uh, the 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 execution of some of the stuff in the game over the the long haul over the course of the whole thing just fell totally flat. So, like last week, I talked about how, you know, the the art aesthetic wasn't all that great, and that's like a that's that's a minor complaint when you're talking about like the substance of the game because that just you just get bored bored of looking at the same thing over and over again. But if the content of the game were strong, that wouldn't necessarily be a huge right. issue. Um, but. I also talked about kind of the systems of the game, the stealth aspects and, and, and uh, you know, moving through the environment and things like that and how the augment system worked. Mm-hmm. And my character really started to build up um, to become pretty strong. And I remember that I said last week that I, I could see it becoming a lot more fun to traverse the, the world as my character got yeah. better. And that was 100% true for me. Like, I, I got... For instance, I got an ability to lift heavy stuff, so I was able to like lift up dumpsters and uncover new new passageways to get into places. Um, I got the ability to jump much higher, so I was able to jump over certain things to to like get behind large, tall fences, things like that. And it really helped. It really helped me feel like this. There was this like this living, breathing world where you could almost go anywhere. I mean, it it really gave that illusion. So. That being said, like the the thing by far that I liked the most about this game like, over the over the course of the of the long haul 
was the world that this game portrayed. Like I, I had such a good idea of how dark and and like uh, dangerous some of the the new research and concepts of these companies was for this world. How much kind of class warfare there was. Um, between the people that had the money for these augmentations and then, you know, the people that, that didn't, um, and, and just how big these companies were becoming like the, the world was so well realized. And that is, I commend the makers of the game for that because it, it was, it was really cool. All the, all the emails and stuff that, that, that really gave more insight. Uh, it was just awesome. Like that stuff was awesome. And I highly commend the game makers for that. But my my biggest criticism of the game, uh, to go in conjunction with that, is if you are going to have a game where your emphasis is on a story based around individual characters and and characters' relationships with other characters, like if it's going to be a character driven story, you need to have fucking good characters. <laughs> and when you have shitty characters. I don't care how good the world is. I don't care how awesome everything, like this 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 feeling is about being in this place. You don't want to be with this person for 14, 15 hours. And I was so sick of Adam Jensen. I was so sick of Seraph, his boss. I was just sick of everybody. Everybody. Wow. Everybody? And, yes. Everybody. And by the end of the game, I was just so fucking sick of all of these people that I couldn't care less about the world anymore. Really? And I couldn't care less about where the story went. Yeah, because I just... The, the, I didn't believe the relationships that Adam Jensen had with these people. Uh, they they seemed... Some of them just seemed like complete garbage stereotypes. Like, not, the characters were not complex. Not even, not even your main character. Not even Adam Jensen was complex. But to give you an example, Seraph, he's your boss. At the end of the game, you're basically given the decision... Uh, spoiler alert, by the way... Uh, you're given the decision, do I want to destroy the ability for mankind to continue researching with these augmentations, or do I want to embrace this technology and let them research? Seraph is 100% for the research of augmentation, doesn't want to look back at all, is willing to do anything, kill as many people as necessary to research this technology. That's not a human behavior. That that doesn't... That totally unbelievable in terms of a human... It doesn't, it doesn't get doesn't care what the consequences are of any of his actions. And that shit just totally takes you out. Totally takes you out because you've got you've got this great world this po- that's that's just like I said so well realized, populated by completely unbelievable individuals. And 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 like I said, if if I could just say that this was like a bad game, it would have been so much easier for me just to stop playing it. But every email that you read that has nothing to do with your main character's story gives you a better idea of just the interaction between different companies of this world and things. And those were all so cool. So that was enough for me to continue playing this game. It really was. Um, I, I just, I really wanted to discover more about this world. And if it was any other fucking character, <laughs> any other character, I know I would have liked the game more, but I was so sick. I'm so sick of Adam Jensen just muttering under his breath. Like everything is very intense. And crossing his arms over and over again didn't stop throughout the whole game. It didn't the arm crossing every every animation no. that it showed. And every person and every female in the game looked like they were shitting their <laughs> pants when they talked to you. So it just it was it was so fr- I was so frustrated by the end. And the other thing that they did uh, that I, I think 
so many uh, modern stories fall into is they tried to shoehorn in this shitty love story. Oh no! Yeah, like there, there's a there's a main character again. Spoiler alert! At the very beginning, who dies? Very beginning of the game. Remember that the accident that oh, yeah, I talked the traumatic about? Traumatic accidents. Apparently, this woman was a love interest of yours, who was a main researcher of this lab, <sighs> and everybody's under the impression that she's dead at the start of the game. Three quarters of the way through the game, you find out she's still alive. You meet her 15 minutes before the game ends. 15 minutes. There's a rushed dialogue between Adam Jensen and Megan, this character, and then you go off to the end of the game. Uh... That is the extent of their interaction for this love story. And you're just like, where the fuck did this come from? (laughs) This... This is completely out of place in this world. So, like, when that happened, I just, I, I took a break. <laughs> did you seriously? I, I, I did. I was you pissed. You were that I mad. Was pissed. It didn't make any sense. It just didn't make any sense. And she's in this sterile white room, which is complete, with, like, this antique white furniture. She, uh, it just, it just, it was so out of place. So out of place. So No gold? Not in that room. What? That's... That's like breaking so, continuity like, at the same I, time. I plead, I plead to developers. Uh, I, I don't know if you knew this, but our listener is also a game designer. I plead to you, listener. If, if you're going to put such an emphasis on making a creative and beautiful world, a beautiful not in, the, in like an art aesthetic sense, but beautiful in, in just a very well-realized, just very complete world, populate it with interesting people. Don't be stupid and populate it with one-dimensional characters because it just totally ruins your world. It, the, the game ruined itself. It really did ruin itself. Now, again, like I said, there were a lot of there were there were the the world was there was a lot to like about that. I didn't touch on the music last oh, yeah. week, but the music of the game is awesome. It's awesome. It is exactly what you'd think uh, like a futuristic um, kind of steampunk world would be. I would. I would say that it almost sounds like uh, the music was done by Daft Punk. I don't know if you saw the latest Tron movie <laughs> or have ever listened to Daft Punk, but they're kind of an electronica house music type. They're one of the mo- like most popular electronica house music bands. That I've never is. heard of them. Yeah, it, well, it's just very. It's this very electronic synthy music that just it totally fits the world. Totally fits the world. It is really well placed in the game. Uh, that's another thing that that was great about the game, but just. Just the the people and some of the pacing was was really weird. Like there were there were parts in the middle of the game where you'd you'd be going through the same environment um, for like two hours, tra- like transversing this large factory area, and and you'd be going through it for like two hours without there really being any story beats. And so the only thing that's that's carrying you through that particular part of the game is the gameplay, is like the actual like sneaking around and taking out people. And like I said, that wasn't really all that fun yeah. last week. And even when your augments get better, still not all that fun. So you're you're trying to carry me through this game with a not fun game concept, and it it gets tedious. So they kind of like, like they kind of like cut back on the story in the middle of the game, and it's just a lot more about moving through the world. But at least it has computers you're hacking through like along the way, um, newspapers you're reading to to kind of figure out what's going on in the world. So. They do some things that kept me interested, but then there's a lot of stuff that really uninterested me. And unfortunately, it was like the actual playing the game sucked. 
So And that's kind of a downside for a video game. Yeah, when like the playing of the game is not fun, I the game is So the fun. video part is good, but the game part not so good. Exactly. I would have I would have loved to watch a movie based on this on this world. Uh, of course, with completely different characters. So you would maybe recommend a fan fiction set in Deus Ex, but not the actual. Yeah, but it needs to be an erotic fan fiction. Oh, of course. What other kind is there? There's plenty of machines to work with. So, <laughs> um, but you know, like for for like a sci-fi itch, it it did. It's like scratched my sci-fi itch. I mean, it was it was it, it it's really easy to fall into really stereotypical trappings for for uh, sci-fi and fantasy as well, of course. Um, but I thought this this rather than machines being you know the answer to everybody's problems and 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 it, like they inherently are not awesome. Mm-hmm. Like there's inherently already some problems with them rather than than them being incorporated into everything and then finding problems with them. I mean it's you, like you know that there has been opposition to this idea from the get go, and and the more and more you learn about that opposition, it's that's really cool. Like, that kind of tension between those two factions is great. So that's good. So it's not like iRobot, where everyone in the world has robots, and they run everything, and then suddenly, for no reason, oh, they're evil now. Exactly. So this is, okay, the, during the building process. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you can tell that there has, you can tell that it has been a long and kind of arduous process to get where people are with this technology. And there's still so many people that are, are anti-augmentation. Um so like like all like I said the the world is so cool and I I mean if you're willing to put up with all the bullshit that the game has to offer the 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 world is cool like the world is worth is worth getting into the boss fights that I talked about last week are they get worse rather than better what, what do you mean worse they get harder so you have to focus on combat skills or you're screwed no, they just get they 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 just get more and more out of out of place. Like just more and more out of place. And I, there's no other way to really say it. I mean, they it's just there. It is not what that game is because about. Because they outsource the boss battles to a third party developer. Exactly. Exactly. It's just not what the game is about. I mean, it, it like they just it takes away so much from the game. I will say that the, that the last boss um, makes uh, sense. It's the only boss I can think of in the game that makes sense from a gameplay perspective. Okay. So, um, and I've already spoiled everything, so I don't really, I, I won't uh, hold back. It's it's basically a large computer, but I could go, I could hack terminals in the room, which is what I, I focused my character around. I focused my character around being kind of like a hacker, espionage type mm-hmm. character. So there, I had the ability to kind of hack into stuff. Uh, manipulate the environment through the computers there, and I didn't. I didn't really confront the boss at all, like at all, and that was awesome because I, I got to use I got to use the abilities of my character that weren't combat related to solve basically the end puzzle. That's of the game. pretty cool. Exactly, and that's the way that every boss should have been. That's the way that every but, every, but they weren't. They weren't. Oh well. So well to hear yeah. the other part of the review, you can always check out uh, listener in case you forgot what John said in the second episode. You can go yeah. listen to the rest of that. But that that's a heck of a follow up. You must have gotten irate. I did. <laughs> I I was just I was so disapp- I was disappointed. And like I said, if if the world wasn't good, I could I could just throw it off as a bad mm-hmm. game. But like they spent so much time and they did a really good job with the world that they just. Totally fucked it yeah. up. Like having a character like a like the, the story that they had in there is just not not great. So 
yeah, that was kind of the uh, the the end of that game. Um, I'm glad it's over. I'm certainly not going to go back to it. Uh, it. Sounds like it. Unless they come out with some DLC that has nothing to do with Adam Jensen, <laughs> maybe I would go back to it then. How about uh, how about you? What have you oh been gosh, let's talk about Portal Two. Portal Two. I talk a lot about <laughs> Portal Two. Tell, tell me about. It. Did you just start? I it? think everyone can talk a lot about Portal Two. You know, I don't even remember how I'm on Chapter Seven. I don't know how many chapters there are. I think I think there's like thirteen. I 13 think or 14. So I'm about I'm a little more than halfway through the game. Here's my thing about Portal Two. Uh, similar to Deus Ex, Portal Two has a great environment and story in surrounding everything. Uh, it picks up, well, it kind of picks up where the first game left off, although not really because everything is is really loosely defined in terms of storyline. Right, they, they kind of leave it more up to you to discover, yeah, right? Yeah, they, you just, they just kind of throw you into a giant factory and that's a science lab and that's basically where you spend the whole game. Um, first of all, I won't go too much too much into the concept of Portal because I'm sure our listener knows all about Portal unless his or her head has been buried in the sand for the last five years. Um, but basically you use a gun to shoot portals and you can travel through the portals to solve puzzles. My thing with Portal 2 is... Th- so Portal 1, the first game, starts out very linear in terms of... Uh, basically, here are your given items. Here's the box in the room, here's the button, here's this. And then you have to shoot portals and figure out how to fit, you know, uh, fit this into that and this into that. And then you unlock it and move on. Uh, the mm-hmm. very last part of the first Portal game, which is short. It's only like four hours or so, three or four hours. The very end of that game, maybe the last half hour, 45 minutes, maybe the last hour, gets much less linear and um, you just have to use all the concepts that you've learned throughout the game to kind of explore less linear environments because you kind of break out of the system and now you're kind of in the real world applying your skills, which is fine. Yeah, now, now to be fair, also that original game, I mean, it wasn't even really a standalone game. It was just a... It was just a bonus. Oh yeah, game yeah, absolutely. That, that came with another. That came with the orange box, which was four of four of Valve's biggest games. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it was a, a, of course an amazing game. It started out as like a developer experiment, and suddenly became this, you know, one of the most praised games in the last couple of years. So Portal Two is great, and it starts linear, just like the first game, but for a very short period of time, and less than halfway through the game, because I got there a while ago, you get kind of thrust into the real world. And I love this game so far, because there are, there are two main things that set Portal apart, Portal 2 apart from other games. Um, one is the dialogue and the humor. Yeah. I mean, the, the humor is amazing. You start out with a robot talking to you the whole time, and he's hilarious. Literally, you encounter an old companion from uh, the first game that becomes a hilarious character and then J. Jonah Jameson suddenly is talking to me partway through the game spoiler alert, I don't remember his name Cave Johnson Cave Johnson, yes, you played J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies plays a character and they all have hilarious dialogue, they just put you in a very ironic setting, there's signs everywhere, I actually was just playing before we recorded the podcast and uh, there was a sign posted on a wall that said, Robots, they work harder than you, they are smarter than you, they are better than you. And and it's it's basically a propaganda poster saying, Trust our robots, they're better than you. 
one of the things that I love about about Portal and about um, just about Valve in general is that without going into cutscenes, yeah, they they probably better than any other game developer can tell a story just just by looking around the world. Yeah. Um, and actually, I wanted to address that specifically as well, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so that that is one of the unique things is that you you learn the story and you learn the, you you get to know the characters and everything through the dialogue. There are no cutscenes that I've seen, I think, at all in either game. Uh, literally, all the dialogue happens live action as you're playing. And if you look at the signs around, they they create this really immersive environment. So every wall has a story behind it. Um, and then that's a really unique thing. Uh, and the other unique thing about it is. Um, Oh, the fact that it's super puzzle-oriented, which is great, but you know how sometimes you tell yourself, I really like this video game series, like Kid Icarus or Metroid or other classic games like that, but then you go and you love the idea of Samus Aran and you love the idea of Pit from Kid Icarus and you love the story, and then you go and you turn on Kid Icarus for the NES and it is ludicrously hard and everything kills you and you die instantly. Now, Portal's not like that, but Portal, to me, is becoming one of those series where the idea behind it is great, the concept is fantastic, you love the environment, and there are a lot of things you love about it, but I literally just spent 30 minutes in one room, looking around at every wall, shooting portals, trying to figure out how the hell to get out of that room. So it's one of those kind of... You think about it, and it's it's something that makes you happy. But when you're in the process of the game itself, sometimes it can get really tedious. To be fair, I mean we're talking about a puzzle game. <laughs> it is. So it's 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 tough to criticize a puzzle game for trying to make its pu- its puzzles difficult. Absolutely, in my, in my opinion. Now, well, but to me, now there's another puzzle game, Braid, that we've both played. And what I like about Braid and some other games is that they really give you this, the situation. They give you all of your givens. Here are your givens. Solve the formula based on the givens. And one of the things I don't like about the later puzzles in Portal 2 is that they don't really give you the givens. There are walls everywhere and you kind of like know what you're doing, but there are certain walls you can, you can put a portal on and there are certain walls you can't put a portal on. And part of the game, you end up kind of looking around just as much as you end up actually solving the puzzle, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Did you play Did you play the new Metroid game? Uh, Metroid, what was it called? Other M. Other M. Did you play that I, one? I did not. Okay. There are a couple points in Metroid Other M where you have to scan a part of a, a cadaver to, like, get information on it. And I would literally spend, like, a minute just looking everywhere in the environment trying to scan a little box. And that was very tedious and stupid. And I've had a couple of those moments where I have the same feeling in Portal 2, where I'm like, okay, I know how to use this gun, but I can't see where I'm supposed to go, and I, I don't know, like, I don't know. There's a certain amount of puzzle element that's good, but I think it gets unbalanced a little bit by some of the by some of the sandbox element of it, if that makes sense. So have you been introduced, I, I, will, I, will, um, I will disclose to you that I have, I have completed Portal 2, mm-hmm. and I... I honestly loved every second of it. That game to me was one of the best games of last year. Yeah. Um, but have you are at a at a part of the game, and and um, this I don't think this will spoil it for you. But you are at a at a part of the game that I there the game is almost broken up into three different parts, and and you are at what I 
I agree with you is probably the weakest part of the game. All right. Well, there we go. Well, it'll probably get better. And and it's not that I don't like Portal, but I have found a lot of really interesting little irritations with the game. Just a couple little things that make me go, you know, <laughs> this this makes me want to just take a break and just kind of walk away for a little bit. And But I didn't get that with other puzzle games like Braid. I mean, with Braid, if there was a really, really tough puzzle, yeah, I would have to go away from it and come back in order to beat it. But it wasn't frustrating in the same way as Portal because I wasn't looking around a giant room. I'm actually stuck in a giant room right now, looking around everywhere. Now, have you been introduced to... Because the original Portal um, was literally just Portal puzzles. It was using two portals, and and that was it. And And the companion cube. Right, and the companion cube, but you 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 move the companion cube with portals. Yeah, I have the so, goo. Yes. Okay, so you've been introduced to gels, and that's great. The gels yeah. are a great addition. So they did expand from the first game. So if you're thinking I can't do another like twenty hours of the first Portal game, then then that's not how it is because they do introduce a lot of new elements in this one, which I like a lot. Yeah, and now like my, what I would say, my counter argument to you is that they knew that doing the same thing that you did in the first game for 20 for another you know 15 20 hours yeah would be boring by itself so i think what they did and what i think was was good on them for trying something new was they instead of doing a here's a test chamber do the test chamber move on to the next chamber they said okay we are going to we're going to let you we're going to do traversal puzzles yeah. We're not necessarily going to do a test chamber, but we're going to make you think about how to tr- just traverse this giant room because you've never done that before. That's true. It's true. And it's good and new and unique. Um, but I'm just saying there is a there is a point in the game because I, I did blaze through I blazed through the first six or eight hours. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was like you said, it was amazing. I'm just like, this is awesome. I know what's going on. And there were puzzles I got stuck on for a little bit and would have to think about and it took me a while to get to. But but not like now. It's just got a different feel. So I think there is a little dip in the middle of the game. But like you said, it's, it's, not, it's not a deal breaker. And I'm still going to give the game a really good review. And when I beat it, I'll do a little follow-up probably in a couple episodes uh, with you know how the game ends up kind of going back up. Uh, I have nothing like overtly bad to say about the game whatsoever. But on your point earlier about how the dialogue kind of explains the storyline and you get to know the characters through the in-game dialogue... That makes this game impossible to play around other people. <laughs> because I actually was trying to play when my roommate had a friend over, and you have to hear the dialogue yeah. while you're playing. And it's it's not it's not like you get to a cutscene and you can you can say, Hey, stop talking for a second. There's a two minute movie now. It's like every time you get to a new room, there are more lines of dialogue. And it's not like you have to hear the dialogue to know and understand exactly what's going on. But all the dialogue is funny. It's the whole reason to play the game. It really is. So it's it's like you're missing the humor because you're – what I love about Portal and the best thing about it is you get rewarded for solving these puzzles instantly by humor. And that is that is the most rewarding thing in a puzzle game I think. And it's good humor. It's, it's good. not. It's, it's great. It's well written humor. It's and that's... very well written. It's it's universal humor. You don't have to be a nerd or a geek. You know, you can have your girlfriend over and she'll laugh at it. 
But it's hard enough to play a puzzle game around somebody without them trying to tell you how to solve the puzzle. Uh, but then when you add on top of it that if they're in the middle of a conversation and you suddenly beat a room, I had to pause it three times because they were talking and like telling a story or something and I had to pause it and be like, okay, I'm just going to wait until your conversation is done before I get my reward for this. So that that's a little bit annoying, but it but if you're playing it by yourself, I mean, this is the game to play by yourself. Yeah, it's a it's it's certainly a dark, ironical humor um, that it just nails it. It totally nails it. Absolutely. And the game does have a a, a co op component um, that is a completely separate, and I have not experienced it yet. But from what I understand, it's awesome. It's got mm-hmm. a completely separate co op component where um, it it complete it adds to the story. It adds to the story of of Portal 2 by you being two different characters mm-hmm. um, and it tells you a different story so yeah. it, it might be something worth pursuing later uh, my roommate and I have two PS3 controllers and we may give that a go yeah, and see what happens. But I'll update you on that. But uh, so I didn't want to really bash Portal, but I did want to play Devil's Advocate a little bit because it's such a highly praised and highly lauded game. Obviously, that I think so much has been said about it and, and how great it is and innovative and stuff like that. That I wanted to get into the little nitty gritty and the little irritating part of the the puzzle aspect of it that might make you step back for a second and take you out of the game. Because I got this game probably six months ago. And, well, no, I got it four months ago, and I haven't beaten it yet. And that that's not because I'm not, you know, like a gamer or whatever. Uh, I haven't been playing any other games that are like, oh, I have to beat this before Portal 2. It's just that I got to a point where I was like, I'm tired of looking around so much. And yeah. it took me out of it a little bit. So now that I'm back into it, it's a little more refreshing. And now I'm, I really want to beat it and get more of those comedic rewards and everything. But, um, but listeners, our listener, uh, if they have, if the person hasn't played the second Portal game but have played the first and enjoyed it, the second one's definitely worth picking up. It's just that you do have to be a little wary of that little quirk, and I, I it's hard for me to, I don't know, get past that. When you, it's like you and Deus Ex. You know, you get to a certain point in the game, and you're just like, you're not really in it, and you need something to kind of push you through. Yeah. There's a low point. Well, I will. I'm sure we'll talk about Portal Two again because you'll be you'll continue to play it because I I would challenge you. It has possibly my favorite ending of any video game ever. No. Yeah. Ever. Better than Final Fantasy Nine. Yes. Okay. Better. Okay. Better. So I would challenge you to get to the end just just for that simple reward because it. Man, do they knock it out of the park? All right. Yeah. It's solid. Well, I, I still give it a two thumbs up, uh, despite my my weird, quirky... Just a couple observations that I had while playing that I was like, I need to address these. I hope you can beat it by, by next episode, because I would love to talk to you about the ending. Good, me too. I hope so. And our listener should probably endeavor to do the same as well if he or she hasn't beaten the game yet. Right. Um, right. So so that's me. So there's me playing a year-old game and my thoughts on it. Have you played anything more new than that? Well, hey, at least your game was from 2011, right? Um, that's true. When's your When's your next one from? It's still it's from 2011 as well. Um, okay. You know, th- th- so so I uh, asked you what game should I play next. I didn't really ask you. I I told you I was between two games, mm-hmm. and you suggested uh, you suggested I play La Noire because that was one of the games I was between. And man, am I glad you did. Um, yeah. Coming from Deus Ex, and now these games are completely different. Um, 
I'll just I'll introduce you to kind of the systems of L.A. Noir. So L.A. Noir, um, do you like do you like open world games? Say Grand Theft Auto. We'll say um, Red Dead, and I've just listed two Rockstar games. <laughs> uh, How about yeah. uh, uh, what's the one Mac? Uh, the one Streets of L.A. True Crime Streets of L.A. Sure, I've never played that, but you know, like these these open world games where you kind of are free to explore explore the world a little bit yes i i do like those do you like adventure games and by adventure games i mean old old lucas art gary lucas arts games like uh secret of monkey island um day of the tentacle um maniac mansion they're basically point and click adventure games okay yes okay do you like uh the star trek next generation episodes where uh jean-luc picard is in the holodeck as kind of a, a private detective a pi you know data is his is his uh, his partner yeah, who doesn't love those holiday yeah, episodes. episodes are fucking awesome. I know. <laughs> so this game uh, is basically an incorporation of all of those. Well, f- first of all, Ro- Rockstar is known for its open world games. This game is deceptive because it is a. I would argue it's like a half open world game. There's there's a big open world, but there's not a lot to do in it. Hmm. Um, but that being said, that's not the point of the game. So if people, I've I've heard people criticize this game for that. That oh, it's this big open world you can drive around anywhere, but then you're, there's nothing to do. the The point of this game is to follow a very linear narrative about this one character's experience in the LAPD in the 1950s. So one of the things that Rockstar does this this is a game company. I would I would probably say Rockstar may be the most uh, adult game company that that I can think of. Um, they they do complex adult stories better than any other company that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are known for their open world games. They're known for Grand Theft Auto more than anything else. Which you know, Grand Theft Auto is in a true open world sense. You can ignore the main story for hours at a time, mm-hmm. and you can find stuff to do for that, those hours and it's still, it's still good. Um, you couldn't do that with this game. There's not, there's not a ton, like there's side missions in the game, but you basically get them as you're driving to your next story objectives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the open world, like I said, it's not the emphasis of the game. So if, pe- if people go into this game as they do other rockstar games, thinking they're going to be constantly entertained by other things rather than, than the main story of the game, you're not, because that's not what the game's about. Um, but the adventure aspect is what I think is awesome. Um, you you are a PI. You start off as a, a cop. You're walking the beat of of LA. So you know you're doing like traffic citations and things like that. And this is all kind of all of that experiences before you start the game. But you break into the police force by solving a case as a cop on your own. Like they, like you do what the detectives do as a cop. And you get noticed by your superior officer, and he says, "Hey, you know, let's let's give this private detective thing a shot, or not private detective, but let's give this this investigator thing a shot, because you did an awesome job with this case, and we know that you want to move up, so you get promoted." Mm-hmm. And the game is all about individual noir cases. Now, noir, if you don't know what noir is, is it's uh, it's it's a genre of both film and and book. Um, it's it's basically kind of set in like the fifties, um, and it 
it's it's kind of the crimes of the fifties. Noir is always about in an, like a, an investigator looking at something. Like most of the time, it's a murder. Um, but it it's it's just got a very it's got a very specific aesthetic. It's always it's almost always black and white. Um, uh, but there was just there was just a very characteristic look and feel to noir uh, films and books. Is it black and white? No, it's not. Okay. Um, uh, but it just in general, it's got a very specific feel, and this nails the noir feel. I mean, like there's always the, everything is just very, it's very dark. It's got a very dark undertone. It's very serious, like noir, noir, very little humor in noir stuff. It's very serious, and mm-hmm. this game is very serious. It's um, your your character is a, a decorated war hero who comes back from the war and and needs a job, um, and this he just happens. Like, what's a better job than, than somebody who, who was a general in the war uh, than to come back and be a cop? So right. that's kind of, that's kind of what, what ends up happening. But I think one of the great things that Rockstar did was they kind of sneakily reintroduced the adventure game genre. Because this is, a, this is a genre of game that it disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, the things that characterize adventure games are... It, you are finding clues, you're finding objects, you, you may be combining them, putting them together, um, but there's, like, there's no combat or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like it's, just, it's just kind of figuring out clues to solve uh, environmental puzzles, like puzzles, puzzles in the game, and like, the basis of the game is solving crimes, so the whole game is about puzzles. Um, but you, you, for instance, with each case, you get to a crime scene... And it's your job to, to case the crime scene. Like you, you walk around and you look at clues. Um, there's there's things to look at. You can you know like you'll find a wallet in somebody's jacket and you open it and you sift through it and you find clues that get written down in your notebook. Um, so it's just it like there's this awesome element of discovery. And uh, unlike Deus Ex, <laughs> the the character, uh, your main character. Now the the side characters, I will say. So far, they haven't been interesting at all. They've been kind of throwaway, but they're also not highlighted at all. Like, you never have to interact with them, really. Okay. But your main character is really, really cool. Really well realized. You get a really good sense of who he is. He's, because he, you know, he came back from the war, no sense of humor at all. He's just, he's very, like, down to business. Um, They give him this, this very, um... Uh, like you can tell he's a very conservative man kind of got a religious tone to him um he, you know he's he's just he's a very well realized character he's he's awesome okay so the the fact that the character and and i not i don't necessarily like him but i think that they've flushed him out enough to where it's still fun to be around him because like you you get a good sense of who he is and kind of like how he's going to react to situations you know mm-hmm. um the individual cases each tell just a great story. Like I've done two, I've done two full cases now. No idea how many cases are in the game, but each case was so different, and they do so many awesome things with discovering, with going through the crime scenes and like discovering things, and you get to interview witnesses. And I think this is what the game has been lauded for because. The 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 game incorporates a a facial kind of like this this facial uh, uh, motion capture system. It's the first of its kind, really. And I think that this is kind of uh, what 
sets this game apart from anything else. So they used real actors, some of which you can identify by, by their faces because the graphics are so good on their faces and they have to be because when you interview these, these, uh, these people of interest, you have the ability to determine whether, like you can say whether what, you, what they're telling you you think is the truth you can doubt what they're saying, or you can say it's an outright lie and present them with evidence as to why they're lying. So you have to look at their facial cues to figure out what you think they're saying. Really? So not only, yeah. Not only do you listen to what they say, but you also watch their faces to see how they're kind of behaving. And the, it, the graphics are so good. They are so crisp that you can see the way they shift their eyes. You can see kind of the way they furl their mouth. And you use those clues to, to basically doubt them or tell them that they're, you know, say they're lying if you found a piece of evidence. And it's awesome. Like, you really feel like a detective. It, it nails what it's trying to give you the impression of. Like, it, 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 you are, you know, you are a detective in the LAPD and you really feel like that. Wow. Yeah. So, and the voice acting spot on, um, I mean, it has to be. That's real actors that they're using. Yeah, definitely. Right, so the the voice acting is just awesome. Like while while the characters on the police force, like I said, are uninteresting, the characters in each individual case are interesting. They've all got interesting motives, um, you know, for for what they what they do. There there are multiple suspects, so you know, the, the second case, I thought it was, I I really thought it was going one way with the case. Turned out it was completely not what I was expecting. So that was really cool. It was really cool to be kind of surprised by that, but then say, oh, that makes sense. That yeah. is really neat. You know, this piece of evidence totally pointed to this. So you, like, you really feel like an investigator. Um, so the, like, the game so far, uh, because the characters are, are, are good and they're really trying to, you know, there's not a lot of discovery in it. Like mm-hmm. there's a discovery in the sense that you are looking through crime scenes, but the the story is really kind of given to you along a linear narrative path. So if you're okay with that, like if you walk into the game without kind of any expectations at all, and that's what you're, that's what you're given as a story. I enjoy, I like, I'm enjoying it a lot now. And here's, here's where I can see people having a problem with this game. Rockstar has never made a game like this before. All of their games. So like of, of recent memory, are open world experiences where you have the ability to kind of do whatever you want and you kind of make a story for yourself and you can kind of discover what they've put in the world, all the nooks and crannies of the, of, of the world that they've made. That's not this game's point at all. I mean, the, the point of this game is for them to tell you the story of, of this guy going through, you know, the years of, of being in the LAPD. So, so far I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I will certainly have more to say about it, I'm sure, in the coming episodes. Yeah. Um, but the, they, they so far have done such an awesome job of, of making this world that I want to be in. And, and I can't wait to go like investigate more cases and see what they have to offer. I mean, there's different desks that you sit at. So right now I'm on, I'm on traffic uh, cases. All my <laughs> cases deal with, with traffic, basically traffic violations. Like the, the first one was a, a car I found with a bunch of blood in it uh, on a train track. Uh, the second one was a hit and run. So a guy got hit, killed, and, and the driver, you know, drove away. So um, th- there's a 
good variety, but then like there's there's a homicide table, there's an arson desk that you sit at. So like the cases are going to be pretty varied, I can tell. So now, since you're a detective, is there any combat or anything like that, or is it more of a story based game? You know, there is, and that's probably one of the weaker points of the game. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, it's not. You're not doing it very often at all. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times the combat will be in, in side missions that when you're driving to your next location, you'll hear something over the radio and it'll say, you know, gunshots heard at this place. You'll go there and then you'll get into a little bit of a, of a scuffle. It's a cover-based third-person perspective. So you'll like, you'll get behind a box or something and you'll pop out and it's got a, an aim assist. So it, I mean, if you're, if you're okay with aim assist, it just basically aims on guys for you <laughs> and you, you just pull the trigger. So it's not it's not that interesting at all. People will take hostages and you'll have to shoot the guy in, like without shooting the hostage. Um so you know that kind of stuff is is it's throwaway. Um it's not done particularly well, but it, it takes 5 minutes, you know, 2 to 5 minutes to get through any of those parts. Okay. And now why do you think they went with the sandbox design given that they didn't give you a lot of side stuff to do? I probably think that it has something to do with these are the types of games that they've made in the past and it's yeah. things they are comfortable with. And one of the things that Rockstar, I think, really likes to do when they make games is give you the impression you are in a particular place. Uh, one of the things that they are, probably the thing that they are best at, the, the thing they are best at is giving you a sense of, of place and giving you a sense of time. Like, San and, like uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, for instance took place in the 90s in the LA area and everything about that world screams the 90s it's 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 just the way it is like like vice city was the 70s in Miami and mm-hmm. that very much gives you that impression in terms of the, like the music that's on the radio the billboards everything like that so they just really wanted to give you the impression of 40s Los Angeles and so they made this large world for you to be able to drive around it just so you could see you are in Los Angeles. I mean, the city's huge. Like, there's not a lot in it, but the city's huge. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you, I mean, that's probably why they did that. All right. Sounds like a solid choice. So you're giving it a, a go for now. You think it's a good thing? For now, uh, provided that, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't see myself like disliking this game unless they screw something up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Now- if, it, it's, if it stays along the same path it's on, I, it's, it's going to be awesome. And what, what platform are you playing it on right now? I'm playing it on 360. Okay. Um, because of these graphical, like the intense graphical nature of this game, the fact that you're, you know, like interviewing people and you're trying to determine whether they're lying or not by their faces, mm-hmm. the game is three discs. Wow, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, really. I think the I think the art assets on it. I think it's all graphics. I mean, I think it's all art assets, all all graphics on the on the discs because that's it's so detailed. So yeah, it's it's going to be three discs long but i don't think that that necessarily correlates to a really long time investment because it's just a lot of detail now why uh is it on ps3 it is it's i know it's one blu-ray disc on ps3 Mm -hmm. but but you thought you just decided 360 way to go yeah i think i got a deal on it Ah, i remember i bought it a while ago and haven't gotten around to it yet but i think i got it i kind of kind of got it on the cheap so that was the platform that ended up going with um but I haven't had any. I haven't had any. Uh, I don't have any complaints about like the the graphical quality or like the performance issues or anything. I, the frame rate will slow a tiny bit sometimes, but I don't know. It's not not that big of a deal. Of course, you know it's it's always barely noticeable. Although I still recommend Final Fantasy Thirteen on the PS3. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. It lagged 
in one screen on the Xbox 360 version. One screen. And I said to myself, I'm going to get it on PS3, and I bet my britches it won't lag on that screen. Is that a say you say often, bet my britches? No. I didn't think so. And damned if that screen did not lag at all on PS3. So that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it, you know, it probably would have been better on the PS3, but I still, I have no complaints about it. So far, the game is great. And like I said, I'll probably have a follow-up on it in the uh, in the next episode. Excellent. Well, that sounds awesome. And if there are things that people want us to review, we could use some more comments on our page at unqualified.podbean.com. Or you can leave us uh, comments on iTunes, which would be even better, I think, because mm. that's, I think, where a lot of podcasts are discovered. So if you could, you know, leave us a comment. Uh, certainly review the podcast, but but the comments are really what we're looking for. Yeah, and to review a podcast, if you've never done it before, you hover over the five stars button, and then you click on that, and that's how you review our podcast. Yeah, it's it's really weird, but I think that's the only way you can do it. It's actually the only way to do it, literally. Um, and you can also tweet at us, because we're looking... And by the way, I don't know how I wasn't following you before this week. Yeah, well, I, I think I think you just screwed it up is what happened. I got a text from John halfway in the week. He's like, you should probably follow me on Twitter. And I'm like, what? No, my mouse is messed up, and it does this thing where it double clicks when I click. Uh, so, so you should probably blame the mouse. It's I will. okay. Oh, well. It's okay. So I think I clicked follow, but it double clicked, so then it clicked unfollow right away. Oh, yeah, you're you're right, because two follows make an unfollow. That it's okay. un- No, I've liked stuff on Facebook, and it automatically unliked it because it clicked like and then unlike right away. Point is, is you're following me now, so so we're good. But you can follow me. Uh, it's at Eat Play Game, all one word. Yes, Eat Play Game is well, it's the at symbol and then Eat Play Game. Right. It's not like at at Eat Play Game because that would just be ludicrous. That'd be kind of a dumb name. And I'm at producer Cody, which is a dumb name with or without the at. So as usual, uh, listener, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, listener, I hope you are enjoying whatever video game you're playing as you. Listen to this podcast, unless it's Deus Ex, in which case you should be listening to the music, because Daft Punk for the win. And leave us some comments. Yes, do that. Okay, we'll see you next time.